Well, hi everyone, it's Charles here from the GHFC with podcast number 27. And today I'll be sharing with you the third story in our series of nine, uh, each one representing the career paths taken by fellow students having completed their initial tertiary qualifications in quarry engineering way back in the early 1980s. Now these reflections simply serve as a point of reference for everyone, not just those in the engineering sector, to fully appreciate that although you may embark on a set career path in your late teens or early 20s, it does not have to be life-defining. And what is most important is the ability to take stock of where you're at, ask yourself, are you being fulfilled? Then make adjustments to suit. And that's exactly what these nine people did. And as you'll see, life turned out pretty well for them all. So by way of introduction, in 1980, we were nine guys from all corners of the UK whom fate thrust together at the Doncaster Metropolitan Institute of Higher Education, nestling amidst the sleepy hamlets of High Melton and Cadeby on the outskirts of Doncaster, South Yorkshire, where we embarked on the Doncaster Diploma in Quarry Engineering. We drank together, we had fun together, we drank some more and we had more fun. Then to fill in time, we learned all there was to know about quarry engineering and quarry management. In essence, we came together as boys, leaving three years later as men. Now in 2021, due to COVID, the passing of time and the advent of Zoom, 12 former students reconnected as DDQ reunited. It started with the three of us, then went to four, then to seven, uh, and eventually became 12. And these real life stories from nine of the DDQ reunited crew have recently been encapsulated in their own book titled 40 Years On, Reflections on Life Before, During and After Quarrying. Ordering details as either an ebook or soft copy, a soft cover hard copy book are available on the GHFC website at glasshalffullcom.com. Now, in our first story, we heard from Andrew in Devon. Then in our second, we heard from Andy uh, in Northumberland. Well, our third story is from Bernie, originally from the Lake District of Cumbria, then uh, based in London, nowadays living in North Wales. Now, as I mentioned earlier, my narrating skills or lack thereof preclude me from speaking with the rich accents each contributor has. I simply would not do them justice. In the case of Bernie, imagine, if you will, the dulcet tones of accomplished British actor Jason Statham. 43 years since we first met, and I wouldn't change a single thing. I was born in Aspatria, Cumbria, where my father worked in the open-cast mines for Wimpy. He had come over from Ireland as a diesel fitter to Newcastle, where he met my mother, a teacher. Eventually, we moved to the southeast of England, near Staines, right opposite a Greenham sand and gravel pit, just before I started at primary school. The reason I mention this is that there is a clue to which profession I might have ended up in. All through secondary school, all I wanted to be was a pilot. But sadly, my grasp of mathematics was a major flaw in my ambitions. 
So how exactly did I end up in Doncaster? Well, I left school as a 16-year-old with five GCE A-levels in the bag and no idea what to do. As a result, I took the option of starting an apprenticeship with Wimpy as a diesel fitter in Southall, West London. Two months into this, a career change was needed. Yes, I could pull apart a Peters or a Lister diesel engine blindfolded, but didn't think that would get me anywhere. So back off to school to take some GCE A-levels. Surprisingly, when I finished, I still had no idea what to do, but further education was definitely at the bottom of the agenda. So with some reluctance, I restarted the apprenticeship that I'd quit two years earlier. Within a couple of weeks, I had a chance meeting with a company training officer advising they were looking for candidates for the DDQ course. This sounded like a good opportunity to get away from home and have some fun, so off I went for the intake of 1979. My time at Doncaster was life-changing. Booze, food, and all oh, those Donner Kebab Maximus. And more booze, sport, including golf on the campus nine-hole course, cars and parching, all came before college work. Probably not the right attitude, but I enjoyed myself all the same. I also remember that I always seemed to be at odds with the lecturers, but on reflection, I have a lot of respect for them as I certainly didn't make it easy for them. It didn't take long before I realized that going on to Leeds University for the top-up degree just wasn't going to happen. In the end, I only spent two years on the three-year DDQ course, only returning for the third-year exams after a spell in the industry earning my diploma, then back to work and this 40-year gap. I spent a further 11 years in the industry. After a year in Oric Quarry, Kakaudi near Fife in Scotland, I was transferred to Minford Quarry, Penriddendrath in North Wales, still with the title of Trainee Quarry Manager. As Minford was undergoing a replant, it was temporarily closed, so I moved to the laboratory at Pant Quarry, Halkin, in the Vale of Glamorgan, for seven months of sieve shaking. On my return to Minford Quarry, life changed for the better, as the quarry manager was an ex-miner and very old school, where graft mattered more than books and a pen, which suited me right down to the ground. In 1985, in a, in a typical wimpy way, the transport manager left Halking Quarry and I was given the job. Ten trucks and absolutely no idea. So it was back to evening classes to get a CPC, Certificate in Professional Competence, and four years later, with 25 trucks uh, and having bought articulated tippers into the fleet, I finally got my quarry manager's job the one that I had trained for all those years ago. With it came a bigger company car, a salary, and not just one, but two quarries, the Hard Rock at Minford and a sand and gravel pit near Fwelly. Life seemed good, and it was. In 1990, changes were happening at the top in Wimpy's, with the old school getting pushed out, with young accountancy-based managers moving in. 
a change that really didn't sit well with me. However, being quite remote, the changes seemed to have little effect on me. 1991 was a pivotal year in my life. I lost a brother, got married to Sean, and we were expecting our first child. Then there was a fatality on a railway crossing uh, to the quarry. How my life was about to change. The accident itself happened in November 1991 and everything seemed as, as normal as it could be until late February 1992 when a company senior manager turned up and asked me to clean out my desk as I was to be suspended. Then the police turned up. I was arrested and charged with manslaughter. This is when I found out that old school Wimpy definitely didn't exist anymore, being left entirely to fend for myself. Two years later, after a trial at the Crown Court, the judge dismissed the case against me before I had even given evidence. Regardless, Wimpy decided to make me redundant, so another case started. However, this time, it was me driving the case. Sadly, I didn't get my chance in court as Wimpy back, backed out two hours before the hearing. Gone was the pension, a good salary, the company car, holidays and the security of a long-term job. Not to mention any hope of a future within the quarrying industry. It's not the best feeling in the world when your life changes so quickly. But looking back, it's probably the best thing that's happened to me in all my working career. In 1994, I started a paving business, which included selling rocks into London and the southeast of England. Times were tough for six or so years, what with three young kids and sometimes not knowing when the next payday was going to be. However, gradually the business grew and with a bit of diversity into golf courses alongside adventure golf and holiday park developments, I now have a very comfortable business. Every day is a challenge to me and I still look forward to it when I wake up every day. So when the challenge disappears, then I'll know it's time to retire. I cannot tell you how excited I was when DDQ Reunited found me last year. Well, Sean will. It's very easy to forget the good times we had and the friendships that we made. There's still a lot to catch up on but with regular get-togethers, we'll soon be trying to break the two-second beer. I'm a great believer in fate. I probably wouldn't have met Sean if I hadn't messed up in college or got into the quarrying industry. So that's the best bit of it all. And the friendships at college and also in the quarries are something we shouldn't forget. We will all get dealt, uh, sorry, we will all get dealt a bad hand in life at some stage, but it's how we react to it to make it into a winning hand that is the most important thing. Thank you, everyone. Wow, that's some story from, from Bernie. Um, I hope you gained some insights and, and added value from Bernie's experiences. And, and there always many thanks for, for listening. Um, our, our, our fourth story uh, will be from Charlie, that's AKA yours truly, and that will follow uh, in the next few days. Uh, and should you or someone you know be showing signs of anxiety, then please do contact the following organisations or at least take a look at their websites. The Black Dog Institute, Beyond Blue, 
Gotcha for Life, Lifeline, Sane Australia, Are You OK? or Headspace. Until next time, stay mentally well. All the best. Charles at the GHFC.